Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode number 42, and we are here speaking about the team that have actually been presented with the championship trophy now, Heart of Midlothian. I am Daniel McIver, one of your hosts, and as ever, joined by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how you doing? I'm good, thank you, mate. What about yourself? Doing very, very well, particularly after that exhilarating performance that we got on Saturday, which is something that we can't or haven't really been able to say much this season. However, just to preface this, I know we seem to be saying it a lot recently. However, this is probably going to be a shorter episode because apart from some comments in the media, all we really have to speak about is the Inverness game at the weekend. However, the most important thing is that in the description, please click on the GoFundMe link as this is my story have set up this page to get a massive, it's like 40 by 25 feet or something like that, flag for Marius Salukis in his memory. It has already been funded, however, any additional money is going towards a charity of Salukis' family's choosing. Please, please get involved. And Adam, the flag looks classy. It really does, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it in the flesh. It's... Uh... It certainly seems an absolute bargain, considering you can give, obviously, whatever you can, and no doubt will look absolutely fantastic. I'm assuming it's going to be sort of in the Roseburn, um, mm-hmm. although potentially, I, I don't know, maybe maybe in the Gorgie itself. Um, obviously, it'll differ with kind of fans being back and what have you, but looks as though it's going to be a cracker, and yeah, I think it's just imperative that everybody can, can donate what they can, in order to, to help the, the Zalukas family out, of course, with and obviously to mark the, the passing of a, a true Heart Midlothian legend. So I was delighted to, to give my money. I'm not going to lie, I didn't know how much to give, but then I saw that Liam Corbett um, and Laurie had both given £26 each, and I yeah. thought that was a, a fitting number. So so I've hopefully uh, done so as well. I take it you're going to as, as well. I was to say I gave 26 as well. Um, however, please, as Adam said, it's very much... Whatever you can spare. If you can spare a pound, go Absolutely. Just click the link. It's fantastic. Cannot wait to see it. However, we do have a game of football to speak about. And a game of football that beforehand, it's safe to say Hearts fans were not overly fussed about this game, Adam. (laughs) No, they weren't. Um, I think there was a, a little minority that were somewhat wanting an Inverness Caledonian Thistle win um, I don't really know how I sort of looked upon it to be honest um, obviously we speak about it every week sort of the joy and pleasure that we take from seeing Hearts win but to be honest with the league already secured it's not as though it's a kind of must you know you don't get that same sort of feel towards these games I'm sort of starting to feel starting to feel a little bit of apathy kind of like how you were to be honest mm-hmm. well yeah I think I mean I was getting my hair cut for the first time since February of last year during the game so that <laughs> it speaks volumes doesn't it yeah exactly that summed up how I felt about it but yeah the team sheet came out and there was kind of only one noticeable change it was that Ewan Henderson was dropped for Gary Mackay Stephen which meant that Gary McGuire-Steven was, for the first time, playing up front alongside Armand Nandrele with Liam Boyce in the 10. Uh, before we actually get into the, how that system and personnel 
kind of played out. How did you feel about that being the only change? Would you have made more after Morton, or would you have actually just went, keep it going, same team, it doesn't really matter? Um, I think had had this team been fielded after Alawa, I'd have been a little bit miffed. Um, but the fact that it's obviously came after a goalless draw at Kakalo, I feel as though you know a change or two was probably necessary. One thing that I can't seem to sort of get my my head around is the fact that Christoph Berra was still omitted because this obviously was the perfect kind of opportunity for a, a final farewell at Tynecastle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel as though Robbie kind of hinted at that with his his pre match presser. He somewhat dismissed, I think it's Brian McLaughlin um, when he was asked about it. So in terms of kind of the squad as a whole. Um, I, I was pretty pleased with the with the starting eleven, and also really pleased to see that young sixteen year old uh, Finley Pollock was amongst the subs as well before obviously getting on. So so that was good. Um, yeah, there's there's not a lot really that I can say given the uh, the personnel involved, mate. What what about yourself? I was basically the same, but just annoyed that Gary Mackay Stephen had been put in for Henderson. Obviously, the game changed that. However, how mad is it? Sorry, before you say what you're about to mm-hmm. say, that now you're somewhat disappointed that you and Henderson isn't in the starting eleven. Well, well, this is actually what I was about to say. I wasn't disappointed that Henderson was dropped. I was disappointed that GMS was replacing. Him. Just not happy with the suitable replacement. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't so much a. I'm now a massive Ewan Henderson fan because I felt that the Morton performance was very much back to the normal Ewan Henderson. Ineffective, not doing anything and pointless. I was going to say, it's the normal Heart and Midlothian performance as well, mind. That's true. That is actually very true in fairness. Um, but yeah, Gary McKay Stephen came in in the striker role, which I just assume was Robbie going, you're shit out wide, you're shit in the middle, I'm just going to play you right up top. And in fairness... It couldn't have gone any better as right at the start, I want to get the exact timing of both goals uh, that he scored. In the sixth minute, I think it was actually five minutes, like 40 seconds, Peter Herring plays a ball through to Gary Mackay Stephen, who picks it up, funnily enough, on the wide right, uh, controls it, beats a couple of men, drives forward, edge of the box, and just absolutely drills it past Mark Ridgers in goal for a very, very early goal for Hearts, uh, something we've not really seen much this season. Um, Adam, where's that Gary Mackay-Steven been for the past 17 games? <laughs> Only Gary Mackay-Steven can answer that, can't he? Um, this is the the Gary Mackay-Steven that I had believed that Hearts were signing. Um, it, but even then, I, I, I say that, he just seemed to morph into Garincha all of a sudden. It was it was really refreshing to see. I, I wasn't all that sure about his position. I, I had assumed that he was in the 10. We sort of spoke about that just before we came on to record. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's used as kind of a a second striker, a supporting striker, if you will, then you know if, it's an encouraging start and ultimately we'd like to see more. I think Inverness... Inverness didn't really impress me, I've got to be honest, on Saturday. It didn't look like a side that were fighting for a playoff place. Um, I know they could have been... It didn't look like a side who were on such an incredible run either. Never mind no. just fighting for a playoff place. No, no, they didn't. And I, I said about it um, with my radio work on, on BFPS, that Hearts-Inverness was one of the goal predictor games. Um, 
and obviously doing my research on the Friday night for the, the Saturday fixtures, I discovered Inverness had scored in every away league game this season prior to, to Saturday wow. as well. Um, so when you've got that added sort of statistic going for you, along with the incentive of a playoff place, I, I just wasn't all that impressed. I don't know whether it was because we were good or they were just terrible or a little bit of both. Um, but again, it could have been you know, behind after a minute. The the corner that gets worked to Scott Allen is clearly off the training ground. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that we don't sort of... Our awareness isn't pinpoint and we're sort of lackadaisical in our defending. You know, I think that's a, that's a big let-off. But offensively after that, we, we looked much, much better than in recent weeks and months. So that's that's very pleasing, for sure. Absolutely. And then, before Inverness really had time to breathe, Two and a half minutes later, Gary McKay-Steven again picks the ball up, drives, plays a nice wee pass to Liam Boyce, who squares it back to Aaron McInef, who it takes a tiny wee deflection. However, it's definitely McInef's goal, and I think it's going in regardless. That's Aaron McInef now. Uh, got two goals in his last three games. And again, obviously, more in-game aside, where, in my opinion, the pitch really did affect it. This, was, this game and the Alloa game, playing in his natural central position, going from box to box on a pitch that you can really zip the ball about and make some really good movement. He really is showing what all those Shamrock fans who were tweeting us when he signed were talking about. Yeah, 100%. Um, two goals in as many Tyne Castle games, is it now? So, yeah, yeah that, I mean, how many times have I got to say? It's it's absolutely amazing what happens when a player is played in their correct position. Um, we seem to love kind of square pegs and round holes um, but yeah it, it just looks as though he's going to develop in, into a player I'm, I'm intrigued to see sort of he and Peter Haring's partnership um, in the middle of the park develop and it's mad to think that I'm now touting another central midfielder as opposed to previously being kind of on the Andy Irving bandwagon um, mm-hmm. but obviously the, the longer time goes on with him not signing this new deal I think I've got every right to kind of move my attention elsewhere um, but just looks a real find and I think it'll be a, a big season for Aaron McInef next year I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he gets on um, given obviously we're of course rising up a division and will ultimately come up against you know perceived better teams so hopefully he can contribute uh, defensively as well as offensively but that's certainly you know reason reason to be encouraged definitely so that kind of came to the end of that opening 10 minutes of madness. However, it really summed up the biggest positive for me because, of course, those two early goals were great and we'll get to the third in a minute. But generally, the biggest positive that I took from the game was that from very much from the first whistle to at least the half-time whistle, where we kind of had the game dead and buried, we played with an intensity that we've only seen a couple of times. We've played it when we battered Dundee. We've seen it when we battered Alloa. We've seen it when we battered Wraith away from home. We saw it in the semi-final against Hibs and then from the half-time until the end against Celtic. When we play with intensity, pressing, free-flowing, attacking, quick-moving football, we just look like such a better team. And it's not a novelty. It's not hard. We, Both you and me have been saying that for this entire season. Every other podcast has been saying it for this for this entire season why can't they they do this all the time 
it's uh, it's the biggest mystery, I suppose, isn't it? It's the biggest frustration. Um, I'd talked about it on on Talk Scottish Football um, yesterday when I, when I was streaming with with Dave and saying that a good start is obviously so imperative, and I don't know if kind of not having the fans does that really have that big of an effect. I mean, I'm starting to believe that it must do to an extent, but surely you've kind of got enough within yourself to, I don't know, motivate yourself to ultimately win the league and, and get us back to where we belong, like everybody has said, you know, for, for weeks and months now. Um, Craig Halkett sort of talked about that um, in his, his pre-match presser as well. Um, and I like the fact that as soon as the title was done, um, he was talking about kind of the squad and the management getting together and saying that they acknowledge that teams have incentives to play for and that they're obviously still trying to give them a game despite the league being secured. Um, but I guess this is why I was kind of frustrated regarding the whole Morton performance last week because it didn't look as though that that was the case. Absolutely. Um, however, after we've just quite eloquently put that, the third goal did not come from any of that. It <laughs> It came from a situation that caught not only Inverness out, but the cameramen, as they kind of just missed it generally. Craig Gordon has a goal kick, and all he does is just send a big lumping ball forward in the direction of Nandwili. And like Nandwili does every single time a ball is in the air towards him, he wins it and nods it down relatively in the area of Gary McKay-Steven. However, the Inverness defenders... Complete. They just seem to stop working. Ridgers rushes out. I think it's Walsh at the back. He's trying to control it. Whatever. Gary McKay Stephen sees a chance and just pokes his toe at it. And Ridgers is so far at his goal, it just goes in. Nandwili with the assist. So that was the front three of Hearts at the weekend. Gary McKay Stephen got two goals, and then Boyce and Nandwili got an assist each. Um. But what is even happening at that goal? And does it very much sum up Inverness's first half? Oh, without a doubt, it sums up uh, Inverness's first half, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it might also sum up the fact that we seem to have something of a Midas touch, perhaps, in that in that first 45. But <laughs> <laughs> I think if you were to sort of Google defensive mishap, <laughs> that would be kind of a textbook answer because we've now had two of them at Tynecastle because Alloa oh. and Neil Parry had it the last two games. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Um, I I don't know what's going on. I don't know whether it's Mark Richards's ball. I don't know the Inverness defence. I don't. I I have no idea what's going through their heads. Um, but Gary Mackay Stephen, it just goes to show that sometimes you've got to gamble as a forward. Um, because you never know when a defensive mishaps round the corner, and ultimately, he's pounced on a kind of situation that doesn't scream as though a chance is even going to come from it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a total lost cause, uh, a nothing kind of ball, and ultimately he's nipped in, and it's it's a decent finish considering the circumstances. So it's just it's brilliant to see him having him broken his duck now because. That Dundee miss, I, I cannot stop thinking about it. So it must be haunting him. Um, but now, hopefully, the the monkey's off his back and he can kick on. Because, like I say, on on paper, when he first joined, I was delighted. I've I've been a long term admirer of Gary Mackay Stephen. 
Um, and if we give him the platform to get back to his best, then on a free transfer, even for a good couple of years, that'll do me because it is an upgrade to any other current wide player. I know he's not been played out wide, but you know, a, a midfield stroke forward, if you like, um, is an upgrade to, to anything that we've got currently contracted to the club in, in my eyes. Well, I'm not going to get that involved with it because I'm like, well done. You've had one good game in seven. No, listen, of course, but I, I still think that pre-season will have a big effect because... It will be interesting to see what he's like after a pre-season. And, and the last time that Robbie had us in this league, we were fit and made the... the I don't want to say the jump, but the, you know, the promotion um, look easy. Because ultimately we, we went on to, to finish third in the league that year. So if we can get the likes of Gary Mackay, Stephen fit and firing, then he can contribute for us in the top tier. I, I firmly believe that. Um, here's hoping that the, the best is yet to come. Obviously, I'm not going to focus on any negatives from Gary Mackay, Stephen. That was fantastic. Fully deserving of his man in the match. However, not much really happened in the second half. So I just kind of want to speak about individuals uh, now. And that's, by the way, that's totally fair. 3-0 up, there was no chance in Vanessa we were no, ever getting back in here. Of course, and, and this is something that really irks me. Um and it's not a it's not a solely hearts fan thing. Um but if if the game's done, it must you don't really sort of get that same incentive as a player, do you? You you're mm-hmm. allowed to take the foot off the gas because ultimately it's done and Inverness must be looking at it, fully aware of what's going on at East End as well, by the way, and thinking, well, chances are it's going to take an absolute miracle for us to get the They playoffs, also so. don't want to get absolutely battered either. So no. they don't want to keep going and then have a chance for us to score five or six. No, exactly. So the fact that it died down into a kind of nothingness, I think was to be expected, to be honest. Definitely. However, there's actually, there's actually quite a few individuals I want to speak about. We've spoken about Guy McKay Stephen, understandably, clear man of the match. However, someone who I felt was very, very close to him is a man that I've been touting all season and it's becoming a bit of a joke on Twitter now how I just love him. But Liam Boyce was excellent on Saturday. I know he didn't score, but he got an assist in the 10. It's I, so weirdly, because when you think of Boyce, you think of like kind of this complete forward who an does out, it An out-and-out striker, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You don't think of a little nippy number 10 who's linking up the play, but he does it so so well and he just was in he was so influential on Saturday he was and I think there was a statistic sort of jumping around that is the last kind of top scorer in Scotland that didn't play for the old firm and I think having left Ross County and gone down to Burton I don't know whether his games changed as a result of that um but Listen, we're running out of superlatives for Liam Boyce, and quite rightly so. It it's irking me when I'm seeing people sort of, and I'm not gonna lie, this was me earlier on. I was about to say whatever you're about to say. I'm like, welcome to what I was dealing with at the start of this. No, do you know what? I'm I'm understanding now that his game isn't solely just goal scoring because I think I was naive enough to think that that was the case, having seen him at County, that he was just an out and out goal Mm -hmm. scorer. Um, I wasn't fully aware of how his game had developed down south. Um, but now I'm starting to see that he is just a a total just a complete forward. There's no real sort of other way that I can I can put it. 
Because um, like you say, his link-up's fantastic. Good football and brain. And yeah, just I'm sick of saying the same stuff every week about him because ultimately it's, it's proven true as, as time goes on. And then to kind of complete that little trifecta, uh, earlier today I tweeted about the man. Oh, trifecta! I know, eh? Uh, I've got no hair anymore, so I'm just, it's easier access to my brain. Um, Armand Nandvoy, I tweeted about him earlier because, <laughs> I saw, so for example, uh, both my dad and Liam Corbett, both influential figures in my life, um, both felt that he wasn't good on Saturday um, and my dad actually goes further and says he doesn't think he's ever going to be good for us. Um, Interesting. What I said was, on Twitter, we've had a January signing who's come in after not really playing very much in Turkey. Is that where he was? Yeah, that's right, after his, uh, his Blackpool deal. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he was, yes, in, he was he in, in Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. He didn't really play, so he's not really had a lot of game time. He's not had much pre-season as a result. Coming in January, played 13 games... Contributed five goals, four assists. He should actually have six goals, four assists, because one was wrongly chalked out. So, nine goal contributions in 13 games. That alone, for me, would be good enough, especially when we've got Liam Boyce, who's just consistently... I mean, he's the championship top, top goal scorer. But what is probably bigger for me, and it's what you were saying for the entire first half of the season, and it's why I think Gary McKay-Steven had such a good game at the weekend in part, and why Boyce has had so much more freedom, is that previously, up until he arrived, Boyce or Whiten had to do everything themselves. They had to, So Boyce, for example, had to be the focal point of the team when Gordon's making a big goal kick forward or a defender's trying to play it out. They needed to play it to Boyce, and Boyce would then knock it forward, but there's no one there, because that's where Boyce should be. Or take it down, control it really well, but he doesn't have a runner going off him because that's also where he should be, which isn't a fault of Boyce. That was this like, kind of setup we were playing and as we've said earlier this episode, we were all screaming to change it. But now, Nandwili wins everything and it's either on his head, his chest, his knee, he traps it. So often, especially in the last few years, we've had guys who you look at and go, right, you should be a target man in terms of, we'll build around you and then people can run off you. And hardly any of them have actually done it. Osman So and Zifuk, funnily enough, the last time we were down here, are kind of the ones I can think of that played that way. Because Lafferty was different. He was kind of, again, the ones doing the runners. Naismith is very good in the air. But again, he's not that kind of big, strong guy. He's probably what Bigucci should have been, isn't he? Yes, exactly, exactly. Nandwili's all-round game, for me, is far more important. I said that when he arrived, if he never scored, but made the players around him better, I'd be happy. He's done that, but he's also got plenty of goals as well. He's a focal point, isn't he? And I mm-hmm. think, offensively, it's it's so important. Um and like like I say, I'm, I'm just intrigued to see the chemistry between he and Liam Boyce um, continue to develop. Um, and look, he, he creates space and ultimately is what I sort of was crying out for months ago. Um, so I'm delighted that, that that's the case. Um, and that little trio, it was good. It, it's good to see that mm-hmm. obviously Ewan Henderson drops out and 
there's still that sort of understanding between Boyce and Andrew and somebody else. Um, so it's good to see that we're putting in some some work offensively. So it's about time. Absolutely. And then kind of to keep focusing on individuals, but now this time moving backwards a wee bit, Peter Herring, again, another assist. Just everything he seems to touch. He just seems to be getting back to that Peter Herring that we all loved. But for me, again, more like Nondwilly, where it was more his focal points. Herring, I forgot Scott Allen was playing for that first half. And then when Herring went off, Allen started to come more and more into the game a wee bit. I'm just so glad he's in the team. I've got a stat about him that I'll say in a minute about that's linked with another player but listen I've said in the past Herring's our best player on his day you disagreed which is fair enough people will disagree but can you see how important he is to us oh no but without a doubt um I, I think it was kind of the the whole sort of influential argument that we had wasn't it mm-hmm. um yeah yeah but I, I know the stat that you're going to bring up and it does speak volumes I know that Folk will extract it and look at it and say, well, currently this is the case in the championship, but even still, um, a massive player for us. And I've got to be honest, I was I was disappointed to see him hold off injured. I was starting to think... He's fine, please, though. Yeah, I was thinking, please don't be out for, you know, an extended period of time again. Um, but obviously I'm delighted that that's, that's not transpired. So just got to keep he and, and John Souter fit, hopefully despite that proving uh, a tricky task in, in the recent you know recent months and, and ultimately last season. Absolutely. And John Souter is that other individual. Uh, the stat is that since Peter Herring and John Souter have both come into the team as starters, so Herring and Dunfermline away, and Souter, of course, Allo at home, Heart of Midlothian have not conceded a single goal in that time in the last few games. Uh, John Souter does not look like a man who has been away for over 400 days. No, he doesn't. But when fully fit, could be touted as a Scotland centre-half. So the fact that he's come up against Inverness, Aloha and Morton... You know, this is is where I'm trying not to be too critical about... True, but even Herring took a while to get back up to the kind of position he is now. And even even if it was Sunday League... I'd expect Suter to look like he'd missed a game. Oh, definitely, because of the extended sort of length of the period that he was out. Yeah. The, the, sort of the extended um, duration of how long he was out. Um, but, you know, I think we need to... I don't want to say rein it in, because I, I'm chuffed to see them both back. I just hope that they can contribute in the top tier as, as well as obviously in the second. But it is great to have both back, and both are imperative uh, to us I, I would say um, defensively it is absolutely no coincidence like you say with the, the clean sheets um, so just got to hopefully keep them fit and continue to build around them absolutely final two I want to speak about uh, one of them an experienced head who we kind of not dismissed but were a bit incredulous at the sign in listen I'm going to hold my hands up right now if Shea Logan signs a year extension at the end of the season, I'm more than happy with it. He's been fantastic since he came in. Yeah, that makes two of us. Um, can't can't disagree. Uh, Especially so, if we're playing this system with Smith in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I, I quite like Michael Smith as a kind of sweeper type. He's um, the best centre-back we have apart from Suter, which says everything. 
best footballer at the club, mate, without a doubt. Um, but going back to, to Logan, <laughs> I just need to start slating heart signings. I'm just going <laughs> to, every single Premiership edition that we make, I'm just going to terrorise in the hope that they'll transform us into 1970s Brazil. Um, because ultimately, I, I wasn't happy with the signing, um, given it sort of. How am I? How am I putting this? It sort of limited our youth kind of chances. Our, our chances. It came at a time where people were going, "We need to give youth a chance," and we signed a thirty-three-year-old. Yeah, for for five games essentially, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we were all obviously only competing in the league. Um, but again, I, I can't I can't disagree that if we were to offer him a year's deal, I'd, I'd take that. Even even if he gives us, you know, a good sort of six six months out of the potential nine that we're going to play in a season mm-hmm. I, I, I'm happy with that as a, as a squad option I know that we should be looking for and it goes without saying looking for better all the time um, but it's a it's a decent kind of fallback isn't it really he's also better than Jamie Brandon without a doubt I hope to see Jamie Brandon leave the club because he's, he's because he's, he's that deal, came out no. because, because his deal's up you know I, I'm sick of hearts oh is it just, I thought he had yeah. another year no I, th- I think it's up come the summer so oh. I'm hoping that hearts do the right thing and allow a lot of these kind of expiration of contracts to just fizzle out and not bother with kind of a year or two here and there obviously Logan is exempt from that well going from one of the most experienced heads to the youngest head um, as we were just saying, a lot of complaints have been about that youth hasn't been given a chance. Well, Robbie changed that this game as 16-year-old Finlay Pollock made his debut, got kind of 14 minutes at the end. I'll be honest, when I was walking back from my haircut, I phoned my dad to tell him the team, and I said Pollock, and he just was like, who? And I was like, I don't know, his first name isn't on it. My dad just so happened to have a programme from this season. He's not even listed in the under-18s in the programme, so I don't know where this guy's from. I think they're lying that he's been at the club for this long. I think they just found him, and that we had to make up numbers on the bench. But it's always good to see a young academy player make his debut. Almost eight years old, uh, younger than me, which is... Fucking terrifying, but I'm chuffed for him. Fair play to him. Born in 2004, you know. I, I've been. Oh watching, yeah, he's my brother's age. He's I, literally my brother's age. I've been watching Hearts longer than he's been alive. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Um, no, it, it's madness. We we're getting old, mate. We're kicking on. I hate it. I oh, hate it's it. terrible. Um, See, Aaron Fraser was in P7 when we won the championship last time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tear into to any young men, particularly given. Finley's dad actually followed the account, so he may well be listening to this. Um, but I'm well, just your son was class. He was, he was, and I'm just gutted for him that it wasn't to a, a packed out time castle because that must just be the most amazing feeling. Um, so that's your your next incentive, young man, if you're listening. Um, next season, I'm when, sure he's a big when, fan. When, I'm when, sure next season, fan. when we're back, you're gonna be you're gonna be running out to a packed out time castle to see. McIver and I's ugly mugs cheering you on. So what, 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 flag. What, what more could you be after? <laughs> exactly. That's the peak of a young man's career in the game. Seeing us clap them and then inevitably turn on them when they misplace a pass. Can't wait. Um, however, actually, funny enough, good segue there, speaking about the lack of fans and 
the lack of incentive to perhaps celebrate things. Um, <laughs> of course, we were presented with the Scottish Championship trophy Yay. the weekend. Now, before we actually speak about the celebration itself, the club made sure to inform us all what was going to happen. Now, a lot of people are saying they shouldn't have done this because it just kind of... A lot of people weren't happy. Um, but, as you'll probably know by now, it was not the confetti cannons, fireworks, stage, The additional fanfare, as they put it, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. There was none of that. Uh, Naismith, it was announced, was just going to lift it himself. And that's it. <laughs> they all get their medals. <laughs> and then they just went back in. Uh, when you saw the announcement that this is what they were going to do... What was your reaction? Were you annoyed? Because you've been a much bigger proportionate of the Leave It On The Stand campaign than me, so I'd be interested to hear what you thought. I guess so, but then I'm looking at it from the sense of I, I, I just felt as though Hearts were always going to lift it. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my, my stance on it. It would have been hilarious to just leave it. Um, but I, I can remember saying, I think it was to you actually, that or on here, that I was kind of hoping that Naismith would sort of half arse lift it and ultimately mm-hmm. that's kind of what we got um, it seems to have triggered the vast majority of Scottish football so that's fantastic long may that continue um, and realistically I think this was kind of the best compromise that the sort of leave it on the stand um, I don't want to say hierarchy but you know the kind of folk pushing for it myself included Realistically, I think this was probably the best that we could have hoped for, some sort of compromise. Um, it's funny, I, I wasn't even really watching the, the presentation, I've got to be honest. I was preparing for a, a live stream on, on Saturday night, um, and it's only when I then saw kind of comments coming in that I had to sort of have a look at the, the trophy presentation and see what was going on. So it shows you how much I care about it, really, mate, to be honest. Absolutely. Well... I, I uh, went on BBC Radio Scotland, weirdly, to speak about it. As you do. As you do. Um, thank you to Jordan for inviting me on. It was a very, very weird Friday afternoon <laughs> as I was working. Uh, but my point that I made on the radio was that fair play to the club for actually engaging with it. Because they could have just went, shut the fuck up. We're just going to do this. Shh. That's that's a stupid idea. However, the club were incredibly receptive, really open to it, and they did give us a compromise. As I feel like with you, I think it's a I think it's a really fair compromise. Um, and you mentioned it there, and I actually think it has went the best it possibly could have gone, because the half-arsed nature of it. Na- Naismith is hilarious. Naismith is so funny. Just a kind of yay. It has infuriated Scottish football inject that content into my veins mate honestly delighted with how triggered everybody is I thought nobody cared about us we were told that all summer and all this season that we're the club that nobody cares about well apparently a lot of people care there was something that, that you mentioned there that I was gonna gonna quiz you about, and I've totally forgotten what it was off the, the top club, of my head. The club, the way they've yeah, handled it. Sorry, the the club. Do you not get that same impression that perhaps the club? Oh, I better tread carefully here. Mm-hmm. Given sort of some of the disappointments that we've had this season, and Hearts fans voicing their discontent 
you know, on various social media platforms, it, it goes without saying. Um, do you not feel as though the club are sort of making steps to try and listen to the fans in order to kind of get them back on side, maybe to an extent? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I don't think that's too kind of spurious a claim to make, uh, especially maybe reading too much into it. But there is the aspect of we're about to become the dominant stakeholders and owners of the club. So they kind of need us on side regardless. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I fully, fully agree. And just listen, fair play to them. Handled it really well. It was really funny to see the reactions of certain individuals, like Naismith and Gordon in particular, looked embarrassed to be lifting it. Because they're winners. This is this is the type of character that we need at this football club. Well, Popescu was going mental. Because he's a loser. <laughs> Simple as. Just I, call out Mihai here. No, because what, what are you celebrating for? This sh- this should have been a formality. This was the b- this was the bare minimum expectation. You know, is this the first I'm... trophy he's won in his career. Well, hold on a minute. I I don't go to I don't go to work and then just all of a sudden erupt, delighted that I've made it. That's what my employer expects of me. You know what? What are you getting so buzzing for? Honestly, just imagine you turning up to work, getting in the van, be like, "Fucking yes, come on, yes." You know what? Why? Why are you gassed? Honestly, it makes my blood boil. I, I thought I was annoyed at his performances on the park, and now I'm starting to just dislike him. Just like a butcher walking at the shop, like finger guns, just like walking and dancing as we come in. He's just chopping away, like, come on! Absolutely buzzing, singing the heart song. He oh, it. he infuriates me. Did you see Shay Logan's tweet? No, which one? Oh, it was class. It was just a photo of him and Janelli and like him and GMS all with the trophy just going, the Shea Logan effect. <laughs> He's actually got quite good power, Shea Logan. Um, he does. I, I really like him. I, I mean, I didn't not like him. I was against his signing. Now I'm fully aboard the Shea Logan bandwagon. The Shea Logan shithousery bandwagon. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you actually mentioned it right at the start. We're speaking of the team. I did find it a wee bit interesting that Berra wasn't involved with the celebration at all. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's a weird one for me because we've both spoken of our admiration for Berra and both tout him quite rightly as a a club legend. Um, But like I say, with with Robbie's pre-match press, I I didn't get that feeling. What did he actually say? I missed that. I missed his pre-match comments. he, he he, He sort of just dismissed Brian McLaughlin's question saying that He'd obviously already agreed a pre-contract with Wraith Rovers and whatever. And Brian had sort of built it up as though, you know, it, it was going to be that farewell. But Robbie, when he was answered, you know, he'd, he sort of seemed down in the dumps when he was answering. And he didn't kind of give that sort of confident, I don't want to say radiant answer, but you know what I mean, sort of and a, a, a kind of justified response. He just mm-hmm. sort of dismissed it and was... Not all that, all that bothered, which is which is quite sad. But hey ho, that's that's life, I suppose. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a shame. Um, we'll finish up really with some comments made in the media before we preview the final game of the season against Wraith. Um, the main kind of comments that have been made have been almost conflicting <laughs> from within the Hearts camp. 
Uh, it involves two defenders and the manager. Craig Halkett, first of all, came out and was speaking about the fact that oh, Hearts need to defend better in the Premiership. No! <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think it's just more like, we need you to defend better. Most importantly, because we've now got your partners are now no longer Bera and Mihai Popescu. They're now John Suter and Michael Smith, arguably the two best players at the club. So now the weak link is very much you, Craig. But listen. Gone from a Fiat to a Ferrari. Yeah, f- fair enough, right? Um, and he in that article said that the, the aim is to get top six next season. This was then backed up by Nielsen, who said, listen, first season. We want to just solidify top six and then push on from there. However, then, and I think this was this morning, actually, as we record yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Michael Smith comes out and goes, top six is very well and good, but we need to be hitting top four as soon as possible. Now, some people, uh, in my opinion, people are reading too much into this. Um, however, it is quite interesting to see people within the same team having kind of different answers to the same question what do, what do you make of it all I'm sort of miffed to be honest mate I, I feel as though there ought to sort of be a real cohesion as to what the goal ultimately is mm-hmm. and the fact that it differs I'm not really too sure what to make of it um, is it a case of we've got sort of different targets and the dream target is top four but are realistic as top six or Smith kind of says that. Smith goes, the aim is top six, but we want to be pushing for top four as soon as possible, and next season would be preferable. So so ultimately what he's saying then is kind of top six is a fallback, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? And yeah. that top four... Listen, when, when, I, when I look at premiership teams, why, why should we not be aiming for top four? You know, I know that a lot of it's going to depend on who comes in in the summer. That, that goes without saying. Um, but is the standard of Premiership really that great? I mean, no. I, I, there's even if we take the, the cup results at the weekend, for example, there's Aberdeen just being dismantled three 0 by newly promoted Dundee United at home. Mm-hmm. Why? Can, why can we not do that? And I know that there's going to be a big summer rebuild at Aberdeen, as there is with Celtic ourselves. You know, wh- that's going to happen every season, though. You could use of that course. argument of well, you don't know what's going to happen, but it's like they're still, they're not going to change that much. No, you'd you'd imagine. Well, listen, we're we're the only club that seems to change or seems to change the vast majority of the squad. <laughs> it seems yeah. to only be kind of a couple of additions here and there for other Scottish clubs. Um, but you know what? Why not? Let's let's set our sights high. Why we we don't really seem to do that, and I don't think we have done that. I don't want to sound too harsh here, but in Budgie's tenure, I. Listen, again, this falls back to that argument where I just don't care what people say in the press. I think the reason they're saying top six, and most notably Nielsen, is that he's going, listen, to be blunt, lads, he's got, he's got relegated when I wasn't here on the back of, like, he's won four games. I can't suddenly change that. So, I'm going, hopefully, what I think it is, is Nielsen going, listen, I'd like. To, I'm going to push for top four, but publicly, I'll say solidify ourselves within the top six. Then we kick on for there. See, I, that's fair. I, I do, obviously I've got no evidence of that. Only Robbie Nielsen and Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest knows what their actual aims are as a coaching staff. 
But I think people are getting a... I think people are reading a bit too much into it because if Robbie came out and said, I want top four minimum, then he didn't get top four. He couldn't then argue for his job. No, and we'd be belittling the fact that because we've seen what we've seen this season, for us to then take that leap into fourth, we'd start to think that he was on crack. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> people would say, people have simultaneously seen people say, Robbie's not being optimistic enough, and people getting annoyed at Smith going, are you being serious with this team? You want top four? So is everybody just wanting fifth? <laughs> it's, it's getting to the stage where I've said, with this current Hearts team, I'd bite your hand off for top six. But obviously yeah. we will recruit. So why not set the heights? Even even if, like you say, it's in private, let's sort of kind of push towards those And that's fair. European I think places. if it's happening in private, fair enough. And also, yeah, there is an element of, well, we don't know what the team's going to be like, so we can't say where we're going to finish. No, and, and ultimately it all depends on the summers across the board. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I can imagine that Hibs will lose a few in the summer there might be, you know, a couple that come in for, for Aberdeen's players. Maybe Lewis Ferguson will be away. Maybe Kevin Nisbet will be away at Hibs, like I say. So there's there'll be a lot of movement, um, but we've just got to, to make it right. Let's just focus on ourselves and let everything else take care, take care of itself. Absolutely. So we will finish now on the Wraith game on Friday night. The last game, which is fitting, is a Friday night on the BBC cameras. Just just chuck in a hallelujah here. That would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be the plan. Now, there you go. Um, basically, I, before we started recording this, I thought this was a dead rubber for both teams. I thought, we've won the league. Wraith have finished second. This will be shit. But then I actually looked at the league Wraith need to get at least a point, but probably need to get a win in yes. order to solidify second. Yes, because Dundee play Queen of the South at yep. Palmerston, I believe. Um, yes, and they're only a point behind in third. And it's it's basically a, a dead rubber for Queens. I mean, they, they can't finish any higher than sixth, mm-hmm. given their, their goal difference. They could potentially drop to seventh, because I quite fancy our both to consign Morton to that playoff place. Um, so that'll be interesting, but... Yeah, for, for Rovers, they probably do need to kind of get the finger out and get that result in order to obviously avoid one less match within the kind of playoff pyramid, if you like, um, and and push for promotion, which is bizarre to say considering they're just up from League One. It really is mad. It's sort of got Livingston kind of vibes to it. <laughs> yeah, it really, really does. Uh, how do you see this one going? Because... Wraith have been an interesting team with us this season. Uh, we obviously beat them 3-1, courtesy of a Craig White and Hatchick in the Betfred. Then we lost at home to them, our first home loss of the season, 3-2, which shouldn't have really been 3-2. It was kind of an unfair scoreline on them. But then, a couple of days later, we went to their place and absolutely obliterated them, 4-0, in one of our best performances of the season. Thanks to my mate getting sent off. Yes, exactly, <laughs> of course. If he could do us the same... On Friday night, that would be class. Um, how do you see it going? I, I really don't know, to be honest, because ultimately, Wraith are the only ones playing with a real incentive. I know that we've talked about, or I should say, the club have talked about kind of wanting to, to end the season in style, but it's just been so on and off. And I know that that's just because of our varying hosting each week. I mean, there's Hearts, 
what's that, nine goals that you've had to discuss over the last two games, and I've had absolutely none. So, none. <laughs> so, that speaks volumes. I, I cannot wait for the nil-nil draw in front of the BBC cameras <laughs> on Friday night to look down the Perth to Paisley timeline and just see loads of rage everywhere, and then that realisation that we won't have to watch Hearts again for a good three months or so, so everything will be fine. Um, look, I... I would like to see a win. That goes without saying. Um, I'd like to see us really kind of put on a show because we are going to have that that break. And listen, I've talked about my my discontent for the vast majority of the season, but ultimately, this this club is my life, like it or loathe it. Um, so <laughs> I am going to miss them, despite how how rank we've been. Um, You've so got to be crying out for a Brora Rangers loss come July. <laughs> exactly. Can't wait to see the uh, the Betfred Cup groups drawn. <laughs> I'd be, be pla- uh, plotting some horrendous away day. Um, but no, I'd, I'd like to see a performance. I'd like to see Big Nando get a goal. I think that's mm-hmm. my, my main request. Well, that was where he made his debut and won me 100 quid with his that's two right. goals off the bench. That's right. How can we forget? Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. I, I think I said on TSF that I'd go... Probably Rovers one Hearts two as a prediction. Um, what I'm basing that off, I've got absolutely no idea because, like <laughs> I say, Rovers are the only ones with anything to play for, so they'll probably smash us. <laughs> what do you think? I really don't know. It's been one of the two grounds we've went away from and actually done well at, alongside uh, Morton. At least Robbie won't be able to, to blame the pitch. It's true. Well, well it is still Astro. It's plastic, but it's a it's a decent part. It's the best one in the league. Oh, by a mile. Yeah. Um, and we did absolutely batter them on it last time. <laughs> so there is really no excuse. I think so, it is meant to be absolutely chucking it, though. Who's who's the referee Friday night? Who's, no who's getting it stinking in the press after we inevitably drop points? I have a feeling it's Willie Collum, but that might just be me oh, having PTSD. Great. I don't actually know. I'm not sure. Um, what I'd like to see is Scott McGill and Pollock getting a run out at some point. You don't necessarily need to start them, but I'd like to see them feature at some point. Uh, and as you say, just just play well, please. No injuries. I know that we are just a bit... It is, like, arguably the best time to get an injury because then they're off for three months. But no injuries, please. Everybody happy. I'd like to kind of keep the clean sheets so then we can end the season on a really good run of clean sheets. That would be nice, yeah. Kind of, kind of keep that sort of defensive solidity up, and I know it's second tier, but it, clean sheets. Of course, Craig Gordon's counting his within his his Hearts tally, so mm-hmm. that would be a, another one to his collection. Um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, this league is mental. It. I really would not be surprised to see Wraith absolutely smash us, but again, <laughs> our last our last time in Kirkcaldy, we smashed them. So, don't know what to expect. Really don't. I just hope to see the season end the way it started with Kyle Benedictus really sad. Do you think uh, Christoph Berra will be sort of chucked into this game? I know it's obviously his current club against his future club, but is that sort of the send off that we are anticipating? Or can you I see kind of like so. kind of like a, a five minute cameo off the bench? I don't think he'll play at all. No. Because I think if he was going to feature, he would have featured in the last last time he could play at Tynecastle and lift a trophy. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, 
I, th- I, I, I don't really know. I've, I've really, I, I just, I'm, I'm or not. Maybe, maybe this will be the team, right? Yeah, go on then, give us your team. Ross Stewart in goals. Ad <laughs> White left back. Papescu and Berra. Shea Logan. Elliot Freer. He seems to have just been totally frozen out. Can I just say Elliot Freer? I know, it's so weird. <laughs> he's on a one-year deal. I think his missus is still in England. Yeah. And he's just kind of rotting away up here. Yeah, it's so weird. Basically, my point is, maybe he'll just play all the shit folk that are leaving. Yeah, no, so, get a game. Sorry, mate. He'll come us, back for him on train. <laughs> give us the rest of your team. I can't even... I was trying to think of other shit players. <laughs> like the Moore drafted in from the goal. Yes! Yes! The debut and hopefully final appearance of Luke the Moore. Andy Halliday, please. Luke uh, the Moore can put himself in the shop window here. Yeah, exactly. Jamie Walker and... He'll transform into Zidane knowing that other clubs will come in. I know. Yeah, Jamie Walker, Ewan Henderson. Is that 11? <laughs> you need somebody up front, I think. Oh, fuck. But they're all good... <laughs> <laughs> strikers are good. GMS to prove that he can actually do it twice in a row. Nice. So, so basically, it's the rejects eleven, the banter squad, the banter squad, in order to give them a, a plus she Logan, oh, plus she Logan, who's good, but we don't have another right back and shit. There's absolutely no way that my two ones coming in now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because we're going to absolutely destroy them and they all get contracts. Sure. Cannot wait. What, but, are you, what are you thinking prediction-wise? I, I was just about to say, but my actual prediction for the actual... Th- we're not going to play the, that team. Uh, f- you know what? Let's have a go. I'm going with another 3-0 to us. Interesting. And obviously now the playoffs are, you know, set in stone. So Wraith, Dundee, Dunfermline, do you want any of them up? No. No, not even Dunfer- yeah, Dunfermline. I was going to say Dunfermline so that we can get Cammy back on. We could get a couple of my pars back and on. And Craig Whiting. He's loving life there. Did, did you see his goals at the weekend? I haven't seen them, but I heard them Oh good. my goodness. His second one is Paolo Di Canio-esque. He literally volleys whilst Madeira. What, the, the goal he scored against Wimbledon? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Whiting and Ewan Henderson have a little one-two. Um, it's back into Whiting. And on the volley, he opens up his foot and he bends it sort of over Derek Gaston into the far corner. It's a ridiculous finish. Um, oh, yeah. I'd love so. him to come up just so it makes him happy. Stevie Crawford's loving his life. And hopefully Ross County go down. And, yeah, Hamilton and Ross County go down. That would be class. That would be marvellous. That would be the best situation. However, that is us. We've, again, we say this every week, we've somehow managed to drag the arse out of this for an hour. It's a good effort, isn't it? We're we're getting good at this. Right in time for the end of the season. It's only taken us 40 plus episodes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. We are at Perth to Paisley on all the social medias. We're also on YouTube. We're also on every podcast platform. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It massively helps. The respo- the, I was about to say both the response and the support, and I combined them into the report. That's not what I meant. The response and support that we've received, especially recently, has been insane. So thank you very, very, very much. 
Adam, where can they get you on social media? They can get me on social media at Adam T. Kendall. And I just want to plug some stuff while I'm here because Go for it. I've I've been on sort of past the mic, which You've is You've been on everything actually in the last like week I have, mate, and, and this is this is exactly it. So to to follow me on Twitter, if you don't want to hear just solely hearts content from me, you can catch me on BFBS Radio, Saturday Sport Goal Predictor, where I'm basically part of a, a goal predictor segment. Um, that show is hosted by former Jam or I should say former I think he was kind of Scott Wilson before Scott Wilson but a big jambo Mark McKenzie um, I've been on Gogsy 99's YouTube channel there's a sort of show called Pass the Mic where we cover various Scottish games so it might not necessarily be a hearts game but you can feel free to you know chuck in any questions that you've got for me uh, in a Pass the Mic um, I've recently done an, an episode a podcast episode with uh, Stefan who you might have seen on Gogsy's channel as well D Stefano yeah. Talk so you can go and check that out and Talk Scottish Football, if you subscribe to them on YouTube, you'll get the Championship Show with me and David Buick, along with the odd live stream where we discuss sort of top tier all the way down. Um, so a whole host of stuff to catch me on, and you can follow me on Twitter to get all of that info, at Adam T. Kendall. What about yourself, young man? I am at dmcriver22. If you go to the YouTube channel, Perth to Paisley, you can listen to my appearance on BBC Radio Scotland if you did miss it. Very impressive. Thank you very much. It's You're much welcome. appreciated. It wasn't helped by the fact that I was being held up by the post office scandal that was <laughs> taking over the airwaves. But yes, you can miss it that if you did indeed miss it. Much appreciated. We'll be back next week for the Wraith Game discussion closing. And then the week after that, we're going to do a big end of season summary. And it's going to be great. But we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Monday JTs! <laughs> <laughs>